raise it a bit raise it a bit higher all right so we should be good to go now so you know Pareto principle there are a lot of things in this world that we know that um, are a complete waste of time and there are only a few things that contribute to most of the results and our limbic system you know the emotional and non-rational parts of our brain contribute to most of the things that we're seeing and a lot of the rational decisions that we make but once we have mastery over the non-rational parts of our brain then we can understand how um, how to win in different aspects of business consulting and you know just having all better self-awareness because a lot of us just simply aren't self-aware so you know mainly um, the so what are some of the things that we can do to understand the levels of abundance and pieces of slavery that are existing within our limbic systems well first off you know a lot of us are realized that um, the internal identity uh, the identity that we ascribe to ourselves contributes to a lot of the either abundance or slavery that we have because you know in the Navy SEALs they used to say they say quotes like uh, we, we never rise to the best expectations we have we only fall to the level of our training and some people say we never rise to the best things we want to accomplish or the ideal situations we only rise to the worst case expectations of ourselves right and so you know backed by the research I linked in the comments you know a lot of people realize that um, the identity that you have with regards to why you're doing your business why you're working on your business it actually increases your performance according to the world's number one high-performance coach uh, Brendan Bouchard and his research is linked because uh, for example if you're building a blockchain consulting company and you help you know for example you help tokenize real estate let's say you know one thing you know you can say you can see it as one you're just helping people you're just trying to make some money by tokenizing real estate on a blockchain you can say that but if you actually use and harness the full power of the Olympic system and you say things like uh, the purpose of me building this company is not just to um, it's not just to get a quick buck or get a quick deal but it's to um, help the housing markets and help like help people actually invest in people's houses across the globe so that people who didn't have access to capital markets for example could be able to fuel the future of real estate and if you think like that then you just it's kind of like putting pressure on yourself to perform but it's not really pressure it's because pressure is what when somebody puts something that you're not interested in uh, as a mandate and priority on you but uh, this putting identity on like connecting your identity to the outcome of your target market after your product or business or service is delivered is oh, just a way of you choosing to do something because um, you attach the the end results of your customers to your personal identity and you know this can be in anything this can be in somebody let's say somebody who is getting a, a, a business more clients they can say I'm literally I'm creating jobs by doing this I'm creating jobs and because I'm creating these jobs these people are going to go to school and these people you, you know and you can think like that 
But if you just think in the short term, right, and if you don't connect, if you actually don't care about the end outcome of your target market, you may just say, oh, I'm just getting a quick buck. And this is just, you know, just for me to, you know, get a quick buck and exit and uh, whatever, then forget this business. So that's the difference between an A and a B. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in blockchain, whether you're in, you know, uh, like just a traditional markets, whatever. Um, it's just connecting the identity to what you do. And secondly, you know, we see that people, most of us struggle with fear and greed. And I'm just making sure that this is in frame. Yes. So a lot of us struggle with fear and greed as we, um, you know, progress either through consulting, through employment, through business, through investing. You know, there are different levels of fear and greed. And one thing is a lot of people who own very large companies, they understand how to manipulate people uh, with fear and greed. And I've seen this firsthand. Um, there was somebody who clearly said that they they were never interested in getting a, a degree at a university and they ran a very large company and their employees uh, they said that they would never hire somebody who doesn't have a bachelor or doesn't have a degree uh, and that's an extreme example but i'm just saying that the, that's the way a lot of people think and the reason why they think this is because a lot of people understand that um you know if you don't balance yourself and open yourself to different perspectives, sometimes the you know being being too deep in the educational system without balancing out with real world experience can lead you down the slippery slope of uh, thinking that one the only way to win is to work for a salary for one person, and uh, you know without balancing with other things, and you know some people. They do this very well and they manage to, you know, build their own initiatives and to do it really well and, and do it really smart. Unfortunately, most people and many people uh, just do this paycheck to paycheck and they're driven by fear of the lack of job security. So the problem is that the thing is that a lot of CEOs and a lot of executives know this. And because a lot of executives know this, what happens is a lot of people are on a hamster wheel and they've been you know, driven to slavery because of fear and uncertainty of the financial uncertainty, you know, and it doesn't matter how much money somebody has, because even even millionaires and things like that, a lot of them are still driven by fear because they made money their master. And it's really it's really sad, actually. And I'll link some, you know, pieces of research in the description and um, just make sure let me back up a bit to make sure that you can see this entire board all right make sure you can see this you know and um, the thing is that you know if you're working on consulting or you're working on building a business and working on solving different people's problems um, I always say this rather than try to be like Steve Jobs and try to find out what is the best idea to come up with uh, the, e the easiest way of doing it is just finding out what people's problems are and most often, people's problems, if they're real problems, they have a lot of fear and there may be some greed in there. And there's a lot of fear and greed and anxiety and pain whenever you try to solve your client's problems. So rather than be driven by fear and greed, some of the emotions and some of the uh, things that every human being has, rather than letting it rule you, what I've learned is to understand the problems that people have and to learn how to solve those problems 
um, by providing a good product or service. And by doing that, then I, I remove people's fear and greed by solving people's problems. And I, let, I, I use fear as a way to solve people's problems and remove it. So rather than being on the receiving end of it and letting it control you, you know, one thing I've learned over time is to solve people's problems by, you know, if somebody wants to get from A to B, uh, simply provide a product or service that can help them get from A to B, and then that fear, anxiety, whatever will be removed so that you're not, no longer a, fear, a slave to it. And so that's the thing. And so I'll just move this a bit down again. All right. Finally, you know, finally, there's emotion versus feeling. And, you know, people have emotions and people have different feelings. And the, the thing is that emotion is something that is automatic. And I've linked this in the description. Emotion is something that is completely automatic. For example, if you're given a, a speech at a, you know, a business conference, you know, I've learned that the anxiety that people feel when they go to that conference, uh, it's it's automatic and there's no way to re remove the fear and to remove you know for example coronavirus want to wipe out all your stocks whatever people feel the fear but the thing is that the fear and the emotion that you automatically feel does not have to be the feeling because people can choose how they relay the emotions that they automatically feel and it's been proven by science and been proven by olympians by top athletes top executives and I've linked this right in the description because if somebody feels something one way to remove the automatic reaction of the emotion that they have to a dangerous time is simply to remember something called cognitive diffusion and cognitive diffusion is simply when you separate yourself from the automatic maladaptive maladaptive just means bad long story short emotions that you have by simply say seeing yourself in third person so if you ever played a video game when you're a kid like you played like super mario uh like mario 64 or something like that or you know legend of zelda you know you always see how the camera is always behind the person so you know you're you're playing a video game and then this is the guy but then you're seeing the guy from behind his head and then he's looking forward so you know, that's how we should see all of these limbic system driven emotions as we're working on business or consulting or what have you, because uh, rather than letting the emotion uh, dictate, you know, the automatic emotion dictate how we feel, we can actually choose how we feel. And this is how, for example, a top sprinter use this tactic to uh, instead feel excited about the fear that he had when he was competing in the Olympics. And so this is, a, this is a, what the top athletes do. And it's called cognitive diffusion or mental contrasting. Another reason why it's important is because it separates, cognitive diffusion separates negative emotion from your identity. Because if you separate the automatic emotions that you feel, such as fear, rather than you saying that, oh, you're scared, you or, or sorry rather than you saying you're a fearful person or you're a chicken or you're a coward you just say i'm feeling this right i i this automatic emotion is this and then you give an, you you personify the emotion by saying oh mr fearful is in my head 
or Mr. Greedy is in my head. And then that's how you can use to combat it. And so finally, what are some ways and how are some ways that we can uh, kind of embed this into our daily habits as we go along here? And before I go into the how, let me just see who's here on LinkedIn. Yes, 80% of revenue does come from 20% of the clients. Uh, so that's a comment by Ishmael. Yeah, and the reason why, yeah, and Ishmael, good points. And the reason why I brought up that about Pareto is because, you know, if you just look at, if you just look at the universe and the way everything works, you know, most of the matter and like most of the sky is empty and there's most of the, most of everything is completely useless but there are very few things that are actually of value. And if you just focus your energy on those things that drive most of the value, then why are you wasting your time with the things that are going to just dangle on? So that's how it works with revenue, that's how it works with deals and everything. So uh, so how, so going from here, how are some ways that we can uh, kind of embed uh, using our limbic system uh, to, to win, essentially, in whatever we're building? So one way is to set up triggers. This is a strategy. So if you set up triggers to be able to remind yourself of, not, of reminding yourself not to automatically react to what the emotions you're feeling, but rather um, choose and determine the feelings that you want to have. If you set up that reminder, for example, you know, iPhone, iPhone alarms, uh, you know, having things stickered on your door, you know, daily ritual, whatever. If you do that, then the next time the next coronavirus happens or the next uh, time you get in trouble, then you can bounce back and you can use it while everyone is in a state of panic. And then that alone can give you uh, an advantage over your competitors if you're in a leadership position. Uh, so secondly, you know, just reflect on the time your identity has held you back. So your identity has held me back when? So one time, I'll just think of this one. So one time, and this is going back, yeah, back uh, several years ago, several years ago when I was in university, I remember that uh, I used to, and university has a real way of kind of instilling their sense of identity onto you, even if you don't want it. And I used to say that, um, that you know, being a, a computer programmer, that is the ultimate thing to do, which yes and, and kind of no, it depends. The reality is that it, it, that identity kind of made me have less respect for others for attaining other skills that I needed to attain to be able to do the things I needed to do because I thought I knew everything. And by understanding and by removing that identity and attaching my identity to things that I, problems I could solve for other people, that could help me attain a higher level of performance. And so that's one thing I did. And another time, fear ruled me when. Uh, this is a good one. So one time fear ruled me was when I used to think too short term. So, you know, a lot of people in the, in the employment sector and stuff, um, there are two different ways of doing it. Some people are very smart. They, they do, you know, bonds and stocks while they're, you know, working for the government, for example. So there's no real, um, so there's no real, uh, categorization here, but you know, some people, you know, think too short term and they forget that sometimes, you know, at a large corporate, at a very large corporate, 
that sometimes the CEOs understand that people are mostly short-sighted. And they don't understand that, you know, for example, a short-term raise, for example, may not be as big as it looks long-term. And understanding all these small things takes a while. And uh, just in, in short, just thinking long-term is a good way of removing irrational fears because a lot of the time we have a bias towards short-term results over long-term. Finally, um, I need to react to or re react. I need to. So basically, what I'm saying by this, and I'm going to edit it when I post it, is another thing that we need to choose to feel um, like whenever something happens automatically, rather than just reacting, we have to determine and choose the feeling that we want to have. And so, in this case, one thing is, um, I guess this is just an ongoing thing. You know, as you come across new new opportunities in business and everything, uh, one thing is just to react with uh, no emotion and to remove emotion and to think about turning emotion into an analytical energy that you can use to be able to win over the competition. And so that's it for this video. And uh, mainly the whole purpose of this video was just to, and let me move up, was just to see abundance. So as you can see, see abundance in your limbic system. Abundance and slavery exist both in your limbic system. And the whole purpose of this was just to say that, you know, a lot of the time we focus on a lot of crazy tactics and stuff like that, but it comes down to the simplest things of all time sometimes, which is the limbic system. And understanding how to be a master rather than a slave over your emotions and having better self-awareness can help you to win in your, whether it's a blockchain consultancy, whether it's, um, you know, any business model, whatever. And so, uh, so connecting your identity to the end results of your customers and seeing the, the problems that you solve is a great way to increase the performance necessity of what you do. And the research has been linked there. And okay, so Jay, oh, I see you, Jay. So Jay commented recently. So yeah, so Jay, the whole purpose, I'm going through this right now. So the whole reason, what this can help with, you know, one problem that I've seen, Jay, is that uh, a lot of people, they talk about, oh, you know, how to build how to build a funnel to get a thousand clients in under 20 minutes. So a lot of people build stuff like that, right? But then people don't, and I, like I've seen this in different, uh, in different, by different business people and stuff. Nobody over, ever goes over the kind of the background of how people got to where they got. And um so let me take you through an example because oftentimes it's the most simplest things such as how emotions work and people, the people building the business that can dramatically, can more dramatically affect the outcome of the business rather than just um, these high level flashy websites and tactics. All of them are important, but you know, it's good to go back to basics and then to focus on the 80% uh, or sorry, on the 20% that will drive the 80% of results. So um, specifically, what this will help with is to help you be master to your emotions, to your limbic system, rather than being a slave to it and to have self-awareness. Because fear and greed are two of the most, some of the, two of the most powerful emotions that human beings face, especially in my particular industry, especially in the Western world. Right, Jay? And the reason why I'm going through that is because if people understand the bottom of what fear and greed, how fear and greed work, then like, then you can do anything. 
So, yeah, that's just a bit of, uh, in other words, yeah, so that's just a bit of uh, why I'm going through the limbic system at all. And so we have somebody called uh, Mark. Yeah, no worries, Mark. Um, I usually never talk about emotions, but uh, it's very, I'm seeing how it's very important, even if you're a super quantitative person, and try, but at the end of the day, if you're trying to do business, emotions are ultra important. So that's why I'm going through this. And I linked some of the research uh, on the side there. So uh, what else? Yeah, so I was just con concluding here. And I was just saying that um, there's fear, there's greed. Um, yeah, so if you don't master fear and greed, then you'll be on a somebody else's hamster wheel, essentially. And rather than be a hamster, you know, one thing is to understand the fear and the greed and the problems in the market and to just solve those problems. Because if you solve those problems, you know, you see a lot of problems that people have, for example, oh, you know, people aren't getting customers or whatever, people's businesses aren't growing in specific ways. Then all you do, you just see all the fear, all the fear attached to that problem and then you solve it. So rather than being driven by the fear like that you have and letting it control you, you just see problems that people have and then just solve them. And uh, I used to ignore I used to ignore people's problems because I was pretty self-censored. But then I learned that you know by understanding how different people's problems work, how fear and greed work, you understand what drives the entire market. All right, it agrees. And so are you saying this is one step deeper to the Maslow hierarchy? So Maslow hierarchy. So isn't that the? So I'm trying to remember what that is. Isn't that um, like the needs of a human being, like shelter and all of that. I mean, kind of, that's kind of interesting. So let me give you an example, right? Let me, let me kind of erase this board for a sec. So let me just, uh, it's, it's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy. And this is what, hey, this is what consultants that have made a uh, huge amounts have taught me this a few years ago. So, but here's another, here's another twist on it. So let's say, let's say, and you know, I think you're into fit, you're kind of into fitness, right, Jay? So I've seen you post some fitness stuff. So one thing is that people don't understand that if you're trying to lose weight in a diet, and I'm just being very simple, people, people don't understand that it's calorie, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but calorie surplus or deficit. So that's the most important thing. And that's at the bottom of the triangle, right? And then after that, then you have uh, uh, macros. And then after that, then you have micronutrients. But the problem is that so many people kind of get uh, get diluted, and so many people get diluted, and then they focus most of their energy on the mic the macros. They focus so much on keto. They focus so much on intermittent fasting. They focus so much on these little things. Even worse, some of them they focus on uh, all these supplements, which aren't even macros. Not even protein shakes, but I'm talking about supplements. They focus ninety percent of their energy here, but the reality is that eighty percent of the results. 80% of the results or more probably come from the simplest thing of a calorie deficit. 
So similarly, uh, let me just see. Yes, okay, yeah, so you're So similarly, you know, some people, so I just want to draw, a, uh, I just want to draw a parallel here. So similarly, some people, they're like, um, they're like, oh, so here's, here's the most important thing in, based on what I've seen in business. It's like solving a problem. So I think it's solving a problem. Solving a problem is probably the most important thing in business, in my opinion, based on what consultants have taught me via courses. And after that, then, you know, you have what's more important than solving the problem. I, <laughs> then you have the, you know, you have sales, I guess. And then you have, uh, you have marketing. And then you have, you know, all these small things. You have like widgets, you have SEO, you have, uh, you have, you know, fancy, fancy funnels and all of this stuff. You have a bunch of stuff up here. You have chatbots, whatever, whatever. It goes, so the triangle basically looks like this, but then at the bottom, it's super wide. So like 80% of the, 80% of the thing is just solving somebody's problem or feeling a desire or whatever. And okay, so it's just solving a problem, fulfilling a desire or whatever, right? But the problem is that people just focus so much on like SEO and on chatbots and on whatever that they forget to solve a problem for your clients, right? or to fulfill a desire. And so when they forget to solve a problem or fulfill, fulfill a desire, like for example, you know, if you look at some, some pretty bad pyramid scheme, for example, you see that uh, the problem, people trying to sell something that doesn't sell because it doesn't solve a problem, for example. But if it actually, if something actually solves a problem, like let's say Google, nobody cares about Google's name. Why was it called Google in the first place? People don't care. People don't care that it solved their problem of finding information in the world. That's why they use it. So, yeah, so that's pretty much it, man. And um, thanks for the question. So, yeah, so at the end of the day, I just went through that and I went through uh, emotion versus feeling, how we can react. Uh, we don't have to react to the automatic emotions that we're feeling. And, and then finally, I just went through how. And there's some triggers we can, we just have to find ways to set up triggers and reminders throughout the day. We have to remember times that our identity held us back. We have to remember times where fear ruled us, especially now, for obvious reasons I wouldn't get into. And then we have to think of times we have to better react to automatic emotions. And so that's been it with this one. And thank you for watching. I shall see you in the next one.